From the headquarters of Team Cowboy, coming to you all the way from Anderson, South Carolina, this is the Finance Cowboy Show, where we're going to teach you how you can create your dream life through the greatest asset in the world, real estate. I'm your host, Jaron Sustar, and I went from having zero properties in 2018 to a portfolio of over $5 million worth of real estate by 2021. And I am excited to be able to teach you all the lessons, tips, and tricks that I have learned throughout my journey, while also introducing you to some of the greatest real estate minds in this entire world. So without further ado, let's get this party started. All right, guys, it's no secret that managing contractors is one of the hardest things in real estate. Out of everything that you can do in this profession, field, investment vehicle, from finding deals to analyzing deals to funding deals to managing properties, all of it, I would venture to say that finding and managing contractors arguably ranks at the highest of that list. But, 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 but if you plan on being a successful real estate investor, it's something that you have to learn how to master and how to partner with these folks who we know as contractors because they hold a portion of the key to our wealth. Because we know that if we can go and find undervalued properties, they're usually going to be distressed. So that means we're going to take them, make them pretty. Now they're going to be worth way more. So our wealth is going to grow. We're going to get increased cash flow. And then if we repeat this over and over and over again, then our life can completely change. But contractors are going to be part of that. And so you got to suck it up and learn, how do I manage this? How do I go about it? What's the best way to do it? What's the flow? All those good things. So what sparked this episode for me is I am currently in the middle of a flip that has taken so far seven months. Yes, me, myself, the guy who sits here and teaches you all about real estate. I've done all these transactions and all these deals supposed to be the guy who it goes perfectly for every time. I'm sitting here today telling you that I am in the middle of a flip and we are in the seventh month. I am beyond PO'd. I'm not happy about it. It has not been a great process and it's very expensive for me when I have deals that draw out that long because usually when I'm doing flips or I'm doing burrs, either one, when I have rehab going, I'm using somebody else's money a lot of time to buy and rehab that property. And so that debt is usually, well, pretty much always more expensive, that bridge loan debt, than it is to have debt with a small local bank or a DSCR lender. And so every month that I have a rehab project out, I am paying holding costs that is just eating into my profit. And so usually we like to turn these projects around in three months or less. I'd say that's a pretty good timeline. Obviously, the faster the better. But if you go into a deal saying, you know what, I'm going to give the rehab process, depending on the scope of work that needs to be done, somewhere between two to three months and you stay in that timeline, I would consider you a successful investor and a successful rehabber. Um, But it doesn't always happen that way. And so we ran into a situation in this house, 2903 Edgewood Avenue, Anderson, South Carolina, that we bought months ago, and we still have not got it finished. We're going to flip it. We're going to make income on it. And there's a couple reasons why. And so I wanted to walk you through what I'm learning on this particular journey and to remind you what needs to be taken care of when you're managing and working with contractors. So I have tend to work with contractors in the past who have been doing this for a long time. So they understand the game. They know what needs to be done. They realize, hey, if we're doing a flip, it needs to be a little bit nicer. If we're doing a rental, it doesn't need to be quite as nice because people are going to tear it up and they're 
going to live in it and wear and tear, all that good stuff. And they understand that we have to turn this over quick. Well, there is a gentleman that I've been working with recently who is a, a young, I don't want to call him a kid, but he's very, very young. He's in his early 20s. And he's got his business up and running. And he had come in to help one of my contractors on a different project, just kind of finish up some stuff. And that particular contract is now out of contracting and he's doing inspection work. And so this kid who I know, and I, you know, I've known him for a really long time. I was like, Hey dude, you want to give it, give this a shot and work with me on some projects and you run point on them. And obviously he's excited. I'm excited. And so I buy this flip and I bring him in to run point on it. And I'll bring my wife in as well to, to kind of run point on it. And I just kind of walk out of the entire deal. So I find the deal. I analyze it. I close on it. I do all the fun stuff. And I threw them in the fire. And so now here's two folks that aren't used to running rehabs. And my wife, who does a great job of partnering with me to decide what houses should look like. But as far as managing it, has not been something she's done consistently and then this contractor who's 21, 22 years old who hasn't ran projects by himself, and I'm throwing them into the fire thinking, oh, they'll be able to handle it. Like, they'll get it done in two to three months. Well, here we are seven months later, and I've paid thousands upon thousands, probably over $10,000, $10,000 in holding costs over that. That's literally out of my profit, gone, because, number one, I brought in an inexperienced partner but more so, number two, I dipped out after I brought him in and just thought that he would be able to handle it without me guiding him along the way. And so it was a huge learning curve for me. He is a talented young man. I want to work with him in the future. I'm having to work with some other folks now on other projects because they're experienced and they're able to get it done faster. But it got me thinking. It got me thinking again. How do I dial in my system's for rehab. Now, I don't do any of the rehab myself. I pay people to do it. I really, really, really enjoy finding deals, analyzing deals, and I have a lot of stuff going on in life. I don't have time to manage rehab. And so, but it really got me thinking, all right, if I were having to dial in what I'm doing, which I had to after this particular scenario, and if I had to tell other folks, you, my listener, what I'm doing and what I would do if I was you to make sure that you don't run into this same seven month headache that I do. I put a little list together to walk you through how the flow of the conversation with the contractor should work so that everybody's on the same page and that you're getting this project done in an adequate amount of time. So I think it starts number one with the scope of work. All right. So when they're coming over to give you a quote, you, if you live in the town where you're investing, or your boots on the ground if you're investing out of state, need to already have a decent idea of what you're wanting to accomplish in that house. Look, contractors act like they know everything. That's kind of one of their traits, but they they don't necessarily. And they tend to go too far if you don't tell them exactly what to do. So if you don't rein them in, you may walk in one day and all the sheetrock and drywall is knocked off the wall and you're like, what in the world? I didn't want to gut this house. Now that's an extreme example. But I've learned that we need to have a scope of work of what we're wanting to accomplish. And we want that to be precise. We want that to be detailed. We don't want to leave things up in the air for their judgment until you build that relationship with them and they understand what you're looking for and you understand what they're looking for. You need to take it down to the nitty gritty. So 
what color are we painting the walls exactly? Are there two types of walls? So, for example, in this property I'm rehabbing right now, top of the wall is drywall. The bottom is going to be wood paneling. Is all that going to be the same? Let's break that down. What exact flooring and color are we going with? Where do we want that flooring to go? Is it going all throughout the house or is it just going through the living room and bedrooms? And then we're going to tile the bathroom floors. Well, if we're going to tile the bathroom floors, which tile are we using? Which grout are we using? What's the exact thing that we're using for our showers? Are we subway tiling the showers if this is a flip or is this a rental? And we're going to buy the plastic inserts from Home Depot and Lowe's. For buying the plastic inserts, which plastic inserts are you buying? What color do you want them to be? Which toilets? Which vanities? What color hardware for all your doors? What's your light fixtures? Your light fixtures for your bathrooms? Your light fixtures for your bedrooms? Are we adding can lights into the living room or is there enough lighting already there? Do we need to change out the existing light and fan that's in place or do we need to replace it? Do we want a fan with the light in the living room or do we just want a light? As far as the kitchen, are we gutting it or are we going to keep the existing cabinets? If we keep the existing cabinets, are we going to paint them and add new hardware? Are we going to keep the same countertop or do we want to pull that old countertop off and throw down granite because it's not that expensive now it makes the kitchen look better because we've painted the cabinets and we have this new countertop. As far as shoe mold and trim, do we want to paint the trim on the bottom of the walls? Do we paint the trim on the top of the walls? Do we need to add crown molding to the top? Do we want shoe mold that goes down at the bottom of the trim connecting to the floor? If so, what color do we want it? Do we want it stained the color of the floor or do we want to go with white? And so I'm giving you guys a lot of details just off the top of my head of things that I'm thinking that we go through. But these are the things that you should be writing down exactly. Sending them links to the product that you're wanting them to buy. Let them know exactly what you want to do so that there's no discrepancies when you're going through this project. And if you guys want a little guide that helps you know what to look for when you're renovating a home, I have one that I give to my students, and I'm going to make it available to you guys just listening to this episode today. So if you go down in the show notes, there's a link. It'll say Home Renovations Guide. Click that link, put in your email, it'll send it to you. That way you can have it as your own personal checklist when you start going through these rehab projects, whether it be for burr deals or whether it be for fix and flips. So once we have our specific precise scope of work. Now we need to move to an itemized quote from the actual contractor. Key word here being itemized. When they put this quote together, we don't want just some broad number for a total. We want them to spell out exactly what each thing is going to cost. So what is the half bath going to cost you? What is the master bathroom going to cost you? What's the price for flooring? What's the labor to install that flooring? What is your price per paint? What's the price to actually put the paint on the walls? What do your windows cost? What do your window installations cost? We want to be very transparent and you want to let this contractor know on the front end, hey, I want to communicate with you. You're going to get transparency from me on exactly what I want. I need transparency from you on what I need for this quote. And if you're not able to do that, that's okay. We're not going to be able to work together. But this is what I need if you want to work with me and my team. And set that expectation and those boundaries early so that everybody knows what their role is throughout this job and there's no surprises later. Then going to want to get a contractor agreement in place with them. I think that's a smart thing to do to CYA and to make sure that everybody is signing on the dotted line of what's expected of them. I'm going to put the contractor agreement that we use down in the show notes of this. So you'll have a link, you can click it, put in your email, and then it'll send you the agreement that we use with contractors, the template, so that you can plug it into your business when that time comes for you. Once we've got the agreement signed and we start working, I caution all of the students that I work with to not pay large lump sums to contractors. 
I have heard horror story after horror story after horror story of people paying 50% of the project up front. The contractor finishes 25% and you never hear from them again, right? Or some variation of that story. And so I would think it would be very naive and ignorant of you to go and do that. And so I want to encourage you, don't. So if you want to pay them for cost of materials to get started, I think that's okay. But I will be quite honest with you, the best contractors that I work with float a lot of the cost, at least for a week, two weeks, month at a time. A lot of the contractors I've worked with will literally float the entire cost until the end of the project. Now I'm not saying that you have to only work with people who do that, but if you're working with somebody who can't float any cost whatsoever and they're needing you to throw this big lump sum, I think that is a red flag and you should run. Run, run, run. Do not get so jittery about getting ready to start this project that you say, oh, I'll just, I'll just do it to get it started. You will get screwed. It may not be this particular contractor who screws you, but if you do that enough times, you're going to get screwed. They're going to dip out. They're going to take your money, and they're going to run. And so the way I'll usually set up payment is every two weeks. So because I'm using hard money, I take, I take out draws to pay back contractors. So they'll work for two weeks. They'll let me know what has been done on the scope of work. I will order a review through the hard money lender. They'll do a walkthrough of the property or I'll do a video walkthrough or my boots on the ground and do a video walkthrough for the hard money lender. They'll see that the projects that the contractor stated actually have been done and then they will reimburse me for that. I'll get a check. Then I'll write the contractor and pay him for that money he's floated to complete what he's completed thus far. So you can do that on a two-week schedule. You can do it on a one-week schedule. If you're using hard money and do it on a one-week schedule, you may not be able to because I think they do two-week maximum inspections. You can't do them, you know, as frequent as one week. Plus, it costs money for these inspections. The point is, don't give them big lump sums and do not pay them the remainder until they've actually finished the job. So if they're not completely done, don't give them that final payment because there's a good chance they won't come back and finish it for you. So we really want to manage the payments. Um, Weekly check-ins. So this is different than what I was talking about with taking your draws to pay these people back. This is having the contractor send you photos every Friday of updates. This is going to hold everybody accountable. You're going to know where they're at in the project, what's been done that week. Are they working at the pace you guys agreed upon or are they not? And then you can pivot and have those hard conversations to get everybody back on track should you need to. When it comes to finishing a project, it is important to put together a punch list. This is things I have noticed. Now, if you work with a good contractor, you build a relationship with one, over time, they're going to understand what needs to be done. But what tends to happen in a project is you have the demo day, everything's knocked out, they get all the big stuff done, and then we get down to just the little things left, like putting on the hardware on doors and on kitchen cabinets, or putting shoe mold on the ground, or finally installing the vanity. Just the tiny stuff that's not even hard, but it just needs to be cleaned up on the back end, and that can end up dragging out weeks if you're not careful. It's something that can be done generally within a few days, but it can drag out weeks because nobody's staying on exactly what needs to be done. So as we get close to the end of the project, all the big things are done, the floor's put down, the paint's in, the kitchen's in, the bathrooms are done, and we just kind of got these little odds and ends hanging around, that's when we want to put together our punch list. You either walk through the property if it's close to where you live or you're going to have your boots on the ground walk through the property with you. They can FaceTime you, Zoom, whatever, where you can see it live in real time. And you are going to make a list of exactly everything that needs to be done. Send that over to the contractor. Say, hey, this is the punch list I came up with. I need you guys to go in. We need to get this completed ASAP. 
so I can either go do the refinance on this property and get a tenant in place or so I can get it listed to sell it on the market as a flip. And the last thing I would advise you guys to do is, and I should have said this earlier when I was talking about quoting, but is to add in around a 10% buffer to whatever you get quoted. Um, there's usually things that come up in the middle of a rehab that you weren't expecting. It's just part of the game. And so if you leave a buffer in there, 10, 15, 20%, then you're going to protect yourself and not be blindsided when something does come up. I used to think it was just contractors bringing things up for no reason. And then you start to learn, okay, that could be the case if you just have a really bad dude that you're working with. But most of the time, just things happen. You start messing with plumbing, you realize there are leaks. You look at HVAC, you realize there's problems. You got to replace ductwork, like things that you did not maybe expect, even after looking over an inspection report. Um, that just come up and you got to handle. So to put a bow on this, use what I've taught you today to help you dial in your systems and management for rehab. If you want to build extreme wealth through real estate, you're going to have to do rehab at some point. If you buy using the burst strategy like I do, you're going to use it very frequently. If you want to fix and flip to generate income, then you're going to use it very frequently. If you just buy turnkey properties, we'll hold them long enough. And guess what? Rehab is going to be done. So you can never escape it. But if we can dial it in the best that we can, have those systems in place, the accountability, the execution, and the communication, then it's going to make the process easier as you go along. And as you build those relationships with those contractors, it's only going to get easier over time. And then that's where it gets fun because you can just find deal after deal after deal and just feed it to them. They're happy, you're happy, and you tend to get wealthy along the way. So guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope it was very helpful. If you would take two seconds, literally like two to three seconds, and go leave me a five-star review on this podcast, it would mean the world to me. If you're watching this on YouTube, if you would like this video and subscribe to the channel, it helps the algorithm push it out to other people so that they can learn the same things that you are having the opportunity to learn today. So thank you so much for listening and watching, and I'll talk to you soon.